Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're on the D Hour Network. You're on the For Your Health Show with Marsha Patterson. I just want to wish everyone a happy Sunday. We are in May 5th. I'm wishing everyone a happy Easter. That's, well, we just had a past Easter, but Mother's Day is coming up. And just wishing everyone a laid back, easy, beautiful summer. For, you know, well, it's not summer yet either because right here in Atlanta, Georgia, the temperatures are so warm. It's still like summer, but I'm not complaining. I know many of the Midwest area have had a lot, a lot of uh, cold weather and rain, so we are blessed to have the weather. I'm excited about my guest tonight um, on For Your Health Show because, you know, For Your Health Show is a spinoff of my business, Yesterday's Kitchen for Today, and that is to educate us about things that are healthy, that's positive, things we can do that's affected to our mind, our body, and our soul because I truly believe our Heavenly Father wants us well in every aspect of our lives. So I am very grateful to have all, let me bring her on, all Marie Chambers, who is over with her son with the foundation of the Mario V Foundation um, program. So, Miss uh, all Marie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be on our show tonight. I am really overwhelmed looking at you guys' website and what you're doing. And that's what I'm about is sharing these positive things that we're doing in our community that's affecting our health, our mental well-being, and our connection with each other because that is so important. Um, there's many great people out there doing positive things for our community and a lot of times we don't hear about it. And sometimes I truly believe we need to learn how to connect the dot with each other for strength, for encouragement, just to um, give each other admiration of what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about who you are and about your son and the foundation you guys have put together. Well, yeah, first of all, Marsha, I'd like to thank you for having me come on your show tonight. It's quite an honor. Um, just a little bit about myself. My name is Almarie Chalmers, and I am the executive director of the Mario B. Chalmers. Really, it's a family foundation. We've been in existence. It's going on our 11th year. But prior to that, I was an um, educator for 20 years in Anchorage, Alaska. I've also um, have a certified life coaching certificate. And I also do a... Um, Speak Life with Word launching that is designed to help inspire women and encourage them to recognize and operate in their eagle strength. So that's a little bit about myself. Um, when my son went into the NBA, which has been um, 10 years, and I have to say congratulations to him because he's playing in Italy and they won the um, championship league championship today. So that was exciting. Oh! Um, that- that add to his resume, he's been fortunate to <clears throat> to win championships when he was in AAU, and then he went on to high school, and then into college. Um, a lot of people know him as the miracle shot that was heard around the world that um, propelled us into overtime in a big game in 08. And then he's been able wow. to be a part of the um, Miami Heat two-time NBA championship. So to add this European championship to the resume – is this an exciting time for us? So with that being wow. said. Wow, I know you're so proud of him. 
you as oh, a yeah, absolutely. I'm proud, proud for of him. You. Happy that he's got an opportunity to do what he loves. He had suffered an injury um, about four years ago, which propelled him into a whole different category. I mean, he tore his um, Achilles tendon, and I took him out for a year and a half. He got back into the league, and um, then he was a free agent and didn't get picked up this year. So he just had an opportunity to prove that he is still healthy. But when he amen. First, yeah, amen to that. So the foundation was um, inspired when he first went into college. We had very dear friends in Anchorage, Alaska, who was our team mom during our AAU journey. And um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and with a lone salt battle, she eventually succumbed to that illness, which um, she earned her wings his sophomore year in college. And that was the inspiration that he had said, Mom, you know, if I make it to the NBA, the one thing I want to do is give back to the community in honor of Miss Pauline, which her name was Pauline Peterson. And so from that, um, we have a mission statement of supporting efforts that work towards breast cancer initiatives, and we also work with um, youth initiatives. So we had a two-ply mission with our foundation, and um, that's what has spearheaded us on to you know, other ventures, which have been putting us in a position to be a resource for patients in um, Kansas City, which, excuse me, Lawrence, Kansas, which is where we launched our first Mario's Closet, which is a location um, set aside inside of the actual hospital, which provides prosthesis, it gives you a little privacy for the hair removal, and it also gives you an opportunity to shop some little feel-good things, you know, for patients or for friends who you know that are going through this journey. And, um, Man, that is that's beautiful. I mean, yes. How old was he? Was you said he was a junior in college when Miss Pauline passed away? Um, she was. He was a sophomore, I do believe. I, I can't remember. I think she came to see him in her sophomore year. So it was between his sophomore and his junior year that she passed away. Yes. And he has the compassion and had a heart to say, "I need to give back." And he wanted to honor her. I just, I just tell you that says a lot about his character as a young man. And um, also, I kind of, you know, I truly believe it takes a reflection on you, mom, and how you raise your kids. And I just want to say, I just pray, thank God for that, because sometimes when you get in that NBA, you forget about those promises and the things that you want to do, and you lose sight of who, the gift that you're supposed to give back and reach back the pull of other people. So I just want to, as a mom, I think I would just be being that what my son was doing something like that. I just love it. I think it's just great. Well, thank you. And it has been a great journey. And I have to say we're forever grateful for the many volunteers and, you know, team players who jumped aboard to help us see certain projects to fruition. Okay. Now, Mario Closet, so um, – how do people do? You, this closet is set up at just one particular hospital. How is this? How do people find out about this closet, or do people from the outside can visit this closet? It, it is open. Um, Lawrence, Kansas, as you may very well know, is a college town. Um, it is a um, they call it bedroom community, but it is self-sufficient in that this hospital is 
great for locals, but they are one of the top ten hospitals in the nation, and people do go there for um, around Kansas City and the surrounding areas for um, support when it comes to those cancer issues, more so the breast cancer. And um, the closet is located inside, and I have to say that Lawrence Memorial Hospital created a spot for this particular purpose. You know, when they heard about the mission that Mario wanted to go down, they were very instrumental in saying, okay, we will have this here. And prior to that, when women had to have hair removal prior to their cancer diagnosis or after their cancer diagnosis, I should say, they would always have to go outside of the hospital. For their prosthesis fitting, they had to go outside of the hospital. So by us being able to move this into the hospital, it just made it more accessible for the patients. And I have to say that um, Allison Leland has been very instrumental. She's head of the Volunteer Resource Department in making sure that we have all cancer survivors who volunteer to keep the closet running. Wow. So someone there that has the compassion and understanding of what they're truly going through. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, it's you know I have a heart for it, but I haven't had the journey. I've lost, you know, Pauline was my very dear friend, so I did lose a friend to it. I've had um, other family members who have succumbed to cancer. So we know that the journey is um, quite a mm-hmm. journey. And in order to, I can't say in order to make it through, but when you're going through, it's very helpful to have supportive people. And when you're new to the journey, when you have people who have survived the journey, that can only serve as additional encouragement. Yeah, I see. Now, are you planning to expand uh, Mario Closet with maybe a cancer with a Cancer of America? That's a huge institute, and I think that would be great to have something like that in one of those facilities. Well, you know, when we first started out, it was uh, we were approached by several um, people who saw it and said, oh, we would like to have this. But what you have to have is you just have to have a great team that um, works in the conjunction with the hospital. And at that time, we had a lady by the name of Kathy Clausen Willis, who was very instrumental, and we also had Cheryl, who was an oncologist department. And and so they had a vision for it. So it was easy to work with them who had the vision. And we did fundraising to make it happen. But when you have people around you that can, you know, catch hold of the business, because it's nothing fancy, it's nothing gigantic. It just serves the purpose of giving a, a warm and welcoming place to come to. But we're open. If there's people who contact us and say they would be interested in hearing more about it, um, hey, the sky's the limit, and we're open to making a difference wherever we can in whatever state it may, um, you know, happen at. So, yeah, right, we're open. Right. And right now we're and just, we, and we sort of, Landed there and we stayed. Now, how long you been in that facility with Mario Closet? Um, we have completed. This is going on our seventh year, and when we first started, like I said, the foundation did. Um, we did raise funds to help get the building or get the space set up, fixed up, and prepared to invite the patients in. And the goal was that in five years it would be self-sufficient, and I am happy to say that after the fifth year, they have been able to maintain and sustain um, what is needed in order to keep it open, 
And that's just truly a blessing, and that's really exciting. Wow, wow. That is wonderful. So for the health and nutritional part, give someone information in case they're interested in Mario Cloth. We can do that again because I want to keep giving that information out um, and how they connect or even looking to start or open up a facility like that in a hospital near their uh, community. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Of course, you have my information. You have our our um, www.mariovchalmersfoundation.org. There's a link there that um, connects us to. It's, I think it's info at mariovchalmersfoundation.org. They can send any message or request, and there's an additional email that we also have available. And I also can send you the information to Allison Leland, who is now the director of volunteer services, and um, they can express that interest there. And, of course, our team would be more than willing to talk and discuss on the journey and how we made it happen and how they are able to sustain it. Now, do your son has pretty much hands-off, or does he appear in those closets to just kind of give motivation to the women, or how is he involved with it now? I know he's overseas and playing basketball. Um, is he instrumental? I know he's probably big instrumental for volunteers and people donating coming here. Is that correct? Yes. So what we do is annually we um, have hosted a golf tournament, which we hold annually, and during the time that we go back, we were doing luncheons um, where he would make a guest appearance and then greet the ladies. Um, and if we have an annual golf tournament, and we usually plan it so that he can make a pop-in visit. Um, last year, we released a children's book, and we had our book signing at the hospital in the lobby in front of Mario's closet. So that was an opportunity for him to, um, you know, be welcome and warmed and greet everybody mm-hmm. personally snap pictures, et cetera. So when the time allows, which it does allow at least annually, and, of course, if he's in town, he does a pop-in just to go by and thank the volunteers who are there working, as well as I do and my husband does too. Um, and then, you know, holidays, we always bless them with something to let them know that we are greatly appreciative of it. So he is in town. This is his first year being overseas. And um, before mm-hmm. that, he is locally um, and he is a hometown favorite, so he does stop in when we are in town. And if they make any requests, we try to honor it by him being present at an event if they have, you know, and even if it's donating an item for a function that they are raising funds for the hospital. So, yeah, we are still connected. And he's very connected as well. I love that. I, I think I just applaud that. I'm so grateful for some of our young people that still stay connected to a mission and a vision of giving back and sharing with the community. Because, you know, if you listen to the evening news you know, or the, the newspapers, you know, we miss hearing the good stuff like this. You only hear right. the bad stuff of these athletes and what they're doing. Um, but you never hear about the foundations and the time and the money that they're putting in and sewing back into other people's lives that had an instrumental impact on his life, which was he was Miss Pauline. So I thought right. it was really, really great. Yeah. So And it um, is no. um I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to add one little caveat is that you do hear a lot about the ones who are making, you know, bigger impactment, you know, whether it be a financial 
or, um, you know, I have to shout out to LeBron who opened the school and everybody heard about that. But sometimes they fail yeah. to realize the little people who have less funds but also do big things with it, um, I yeah. think those people should be celebrated, and I'm sure there are many of the athletes who are doing similar good things that um, sometimes go under the radar. But my hat right. to right. and the moms who are a part of um, ventures that um, we may not be aware of, but they are doing a great thing and making a big difference. Of trying to give back to the community. You're right. And this is what this show is about. Uh, for your health, because if you go back on some of my previous blogs, uh, blog talk radio uh, guests, um, Dr. Les Carter was one of my first guests on the show, and he is a black pharmacist, one of the first black pharmacists in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he talked mm-hmm. about his struggle being first and how they wouldn't let him um, compound, you know, mix up the pharmacy stuff. They had him cleaning the, photo, uh, the water uh, soda fountain and just doing all these other things, that janitorial work. And it wasn't until one of them, the pharmacist got sick, couldn't be there, and they needed him in that space. And he, and, and once they realized, wait a minute, he's really good at what he's doing. And he opened up his own pharmacy, and they didn't think he was going to last, and he's still doing it now. Dr. Carter, 87-something years old, uh, still mixing up medicine the old way, and he's one of these African-American young men, or older men, I say young in spirit, because Dr. Carter don't take no medicine, no nothing. And mm-hmm. bringing that back to our community, and he's still there. They just named a street after him where his pharmacy is. And that goes under the radar. Even in Milwaukee, I live right down the street from him because I, I barely sell and need anything from a drugstore, so I didn't go into a drugstore. And it wasn't until after I left there I saw that beacon of light that has been in our community, and we had to celebrate that. His book, yes. what he's doing, because um, even his books, because I, I tell kids that everything's on the Internet. If the Internet goes down, we're going to lose some powerful information. So we need to have important of having books. You still had a book signing, you know, to educate the kids, reading, emphasizing reading. So there's many people like your sons out there, and we've had a lot of these guests on here that came on with some powerful information, vision, and dreams of helping and giving back and helping other people to be well and getting through those struggles. And breast cancer is a struggle. You know, I've I've known a couple of ladies that passed away from breast cancer and what they're going through. So I, like I said, I I truly, truly commend you guys. Now, uh, Ms. Armory, you also spoke about a little bit about uh, speak life with words. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, my speak life with word opportunities were um, spearheaded behind the foundation and in conjunction to the Mario's Closet, and I have to explain that because, you know, people think that when you get that diagnosis of cancer, that it's a death wish, and we know that. Um, it used to probably be truer than it is today that there are a lot of survivors. So my speak life concept was that um, who is speaking life to the cancer patients who are surviving? When they get that diagnosis, how do we speak into them to let them know that it's going to be a process, and I cannot promise you it will be easy, but understand that if you surround yourself around people who are speaking life into your situation and encouraging you and 
and not the woe me mentality, then it helps make the journey so much easier. And I learned that by befriending Pauline during her, her journey. She would, you know, after her treatment, she would say, well, let's go do something that creates happiness. And for her, it was going to get her nails done or, or you know, getting a pedicure or going to a feel-good store that would just have little things in it that make you feel good. So the concept was, okay, how can we bring together these survivors and also bring together the deceased people who have gone on? They still have family members. So how do we bring them all together and speak life into them by giving them encouraging words, by surrounding them with other people who may have gone through the journey, who can share their stories, to let them know that they're not in it alone, and to bring in an inspirational speaker who can speak life into the situation. You know, because a lot of times you can be around people who are woe me or they always have the um, – the bad diagnosis, or we talk about the ones who have passed on, and we have to give honor to those because we know a lot of them had struggles and had battles. But what about those who go get a diagnosis and they're going to be all right, but they got to live through the treatment? They got to go through the chemo, they got to lose the hair, they got to go through the breast removals, whatever it is they have to go through. How do we continue to speak life to encourage them to keep on keeping on? So that was the concept behind the launching. And I would bring together not exclusively cancer survivors, but, you know, we made sure we had a table that was gearhead to them. And we would just have a luncheon, 11 to 2, and then we would actually bring in speakers, whether it was myself and, or others, who would just actually give talks about um, that would inspire them, that would, you know, say something that they may not have heard that would give them a little bit more energy and strength to want to continue the fight. Wow. Wow. You know, as you were speaking, it put me in mind of a little book that I got a hold of many years ago, written by a pastor out of Louisiana, Hung by the Tongue. And it's talk, it virtually talks about speaking words of life to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, the Bible even tells us our words I- are seeds. So what we say, we're planting those seeds, not just within ourselves, but in people Mm -hmm. that are around us. So that is so important because a lot of times the only thing you're playing over and over and over and over again in your head is what that doctor has said. You you, you have stage three cancer, you know, your your prognosis is this, 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 this. And then you're looking at other people, what they look like, uh, what they're going through, and that fear and everything else that's in sets up. So I I just okay, I just I just I think that's great. So we're gonna take a break and I wanna come back and speak more uh, tell us more about the speakers that come in and um the speak life because that one I think is very, very powerful. You're on the D hour network. I'm your host, Marcia Thaddison and we have tonight with us Miss All Marie Chambers Chambers and um we'll be right back. Thank you.
All right, you're back on the DR Wood Network. This is your host, Marcia Thaddison. And I just want to remind our listening audience, we have uh, Almarie Chambers on with us talking about Mario V. Chambers. Ch- Chambers. Am I pronouncing that right? Chambers Foundation. It's Chalmers. Is that correct, yeah, Almarie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chalmers. Okay. Yes. Now, you know, I was during the break, I was reminded of one of my guests, um, Brenda Cobb. She has here in Atlanta called the Living Food Institute. And over about 20, 25 years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And what Brenda had said on my show, and people who want to go back, they can go back and listen to her testimony and how she was able to overcome is that she said her mom died of breast cancer and so did her grandmother. And she watched them go through what you're talking about, um, the chemo, the loss of hair, the whole bit, the physical change with their body. And she said something spoke inside of her to say, you know what, I don't want to take that journey. And she started juicing. And actually when she left her doctor, her last word, the doctor's last word with her was, you have so many days to live and um, we're going to stop the treatment. That was it. She went home, had a blender. She said she didn't even have a, a juicer and start juicing, I mean, blending up vegetables and other stuff and just doing the raw. And um, she, I think after 60 days, she went back in for a checkup, started looking better, feeling better, doing the raw, uh, becoming a vegetarian, juicing, eating the healthy foods. And the doctor was amazed. He was about to fall off his feet. Because he says, wait a minute, I thought you were deceased. And she said, no, I'm here for a checkup. <laughs> and he, he couldn't find no cancer, no nothing. He'd go, wait a minute, what are you doing? I got a couple of patients that I'm, I gave them the same prognosis I gave you. And she started the Living Food Institute. So they have two campuses here in Atlanta and where people learn how to use food as their medicine. And... She no longer have the ovarian cancer. She no longer had the uh, breast cancer. She didn't have a bisectomy. She didn't have nothing cut off. And she just said it was God, that inner voice that says no. When he gave her that prognosis, and she remembered looking at her parent, her mom and her grandma, she said, no, I'm not going out that way. And that's the purpose. And, you know, many people have never heard of the Living Food Institute, and it's really, uh, you know, it's here in Atlanta. But many people are waking up to say, you know what, there's another way. And when you're going through that, like what your son is doing and you guys are doing, you're making a way. But I think it's important, too, like you said, the words, that little book hung by the tongue. Mm -hmm. That book was so profound for me because a lot of times I used to speak what I felt. I don't do that no more. (laughs) I stopped. I stopped. Mm Mm-mm. The enemy will plant that thought in my head, but I learned not to bring it to my mouth so it won't go to my heart or me taking it in. And there's another book that I've, I've read. It's called Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die. And it talks mm-hmm. about how the words we speak can bring on or the emotions we feel to let go or forgiveness of not forgiving. Right or loving someone else, how that has a profound effect on our health and what disease those can bring on our own body. 
unforgiveness, um, not repenting, um, bitterness, all the things we say can have a profound effect on our health. But when I was reading this book several years back, every now and then I have to pull it off the shelf and just go back to remind myself the power of words. One story that just kind of had me to the point that I had to close the book and pray, and it was a story about uh, American soldiers going over into Germany freeing up a Nazi concentration camp. They got into this concentration camp, and um, they saw all these Germans. They were frail. They were Some were dead, and you could smell the smell death of uh, dead people from the burning and the concentration camp. Many American soldiers were sick, were throwing up. They just couldn't, they couldn't handle it. And there was one guy that was in the concentration camp that looked like he had just got there because he wasn't frail, broken down, and looking like the rest of the people that were there. Mm -hmm. And he came up to them. He he came up to the American soldiers and said, guess what? I know five languages. I can help you to process the paperwork, connect these people to who they need to connect with. I'll be able to help you. Every day he came up to those American soldiers Happy, saying, okay, what we got to do, I'll help you do this and do that and do that. When they got to processing his paperwork, mind you, they thought he had just gotten into the camp because he did not look frail. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he was about ready to fall over. He looked like he had just gotten there. And to come to find out he had been there for almost seven to eight years. And they said, wait a minute, why – why are you not looking like the rest of these people who've been here eight and seven years or whatever, longer, a shorter time than you have? And the man said something that was so profound. He says he was a high-end lawyer in Germany. The Nazi uh, soldiers came through their community, lined up all the family people, and they knew he spoke five languages. That's the reason why he lived. He watched those German soldiers line up his wife and five children and gun them down. And he said he saw the bitterness and the evilness that was in their eyes with hatred for the Jews. And he said even as a lawyer, he saw the hatred of business of people he tried to represent for murder cases and other cases. He made a profound statement. He said, I don't want that in me. So I choose to love every day. I choose to love my enemy. But he said in the concentration camps, this is what really got me. He said the Jews, there were different levels of Jewish people in there, different ethnic Jews. They hated each other more than Mm -hmm. they hated the, um, the Nazi soldiers. At that point, I had to close the book. I'm like, wait a minute. They hated each other in the concentration camp more than they hated their captor. And that the power, and he said what he learned, the power of forgiveness and the power of loving your enemies. So because he had that in him, he didn't look like the rest of them. Mm. And that's where repentance, and that's when you were talking about the word, the spoken word over our lives. And the lies of uh, speak life with words, and that's what important. 
you know, Genesis one twelve, you know, God says, you know, in the beginning, you know, in the, in the beginning, God said, He said it, it happened. And right. John yeah. one John one fourteen, He said, the Word became flesh and lived among us, mm-hmm. and we saw His glory. The living Word, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, became the living Word. And we got to realize how powerful those words can be. And I, I, I applaud you and your son and how you made that connection to give life to these words by speaking life to them. Now, tell us about your event and how this Speaking Life Word event goes about and who can be a part of this. Well, um, we were very instrumental in, um, um, for about four or five years, the last year to I've sort of, um, I'm not going to say back down, but sort of changed the focus. And I changed it. I didn't really change the focus, but what happened is we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were more here. So I'm trying to um, clear a pathway to create my Speak Life luncheons here at this location. Previously, we've done them in Kansas. But I wanted to tell you the inspiration behind that was um, – Proverbs 18.21 that says the tongue has the power of life and death, and I know you're familiar with that, and just encouraging and telling people that um, you need to speak life over the situation that you are encountering. You know, just like you were talking about the the um, soldier, he chose to speak love. He chose to... Um, he chose to do forgiveness. He chose to have forgiveness. And sometimes we don't realize the power of what we're saying because... Words have a lot of power. You know, they used to say sticks and stones don't break my, my – what, sticks and stones may break your bones? Break my bones, but words would never hurt. used to say as yes, a kid, yes. <laughs> but words never yeah. hurt you. And I tell my kids, I was like, words can hurt you. They're not supposed to, but they can. So be careful what you put out because there's so much power in what you say. And when that scripture came, life and death is in the – you know, the tongue has the power of life and death, that was the whole inspiration behind starting to speak life. And our tongues can build us up or our tongues can tear us down. And if we get that diagnosis and we are more focused and we've all been guilty of it, whether it was a cancer diagnosis or not, but we can always be focusing on the negative aspect of whatever report we get. And instead of us right. speaking life right. over it, we continue to speak over what we've been told or what we heard or what we feel. And so Woo. when we yeah. came together with our luncheon, the whole idea was that you know, I've had it where I've had just a total inspiration moment um, where I was a speaker. I brought in another um, lady by the name of Lois Patella, which they were locals. Um, and I think you're familiar with Marsha, who Marsha came in, and, and mm-hmm. they just were asked to give a word of encouragement, whether they shared a story of a journey they've been on and how they got through it, not how mm-hmm. they stayed in it, they got through it, which serves to others uh. who aren't there yet. Um, another luncheon, we also had a, a group of doctors to come in and talk about how when you get that diagnosis or that report, it's not a death wish, and trying to just um, free the minds of those who you know friends, you know, we have family members, we have sisters, we have coworkers who sometimes get that report, and how do we be instrumental in letting them know that um, the more information you have, there are so many other resources, so don't automatically think that cancer means you're going to die tomorrow or next year or whatever. It doesn't always have to be the case, although we know sometimes it's, it's out of our hands. But at the same right. time, to educate, so the doctors were just educating them about 
the importance of our checkups, you know, your mammograms, um, recognizing when you see something, don't ignore it. If it doesn't feel comfortable, if it's something different, go have it checked out. And, you know, we as women have a tendency to take care of everybody's needs but our own. And um, so it's encouraging. And then I took it in a different direction of just trying to embrace and celebrate um, life. And this particular one, we brought the ladies together and did vision boards. You know, visualize where yep. you're going to be, visualize what you would like to do, visualize how healthy you are, visualize what you're going to do once you get through your chemo. Um, and so that was really, that was, you know, that was really fun. And like I said, this is not exclusively all for cancer survivors, but we always have them in the room. But you will be so surprised when you're in a room of females or people in general and you ask how many have been impacted, whether you have experienced it, you know someone who's experienced it, um, or you have a family member who experienced it. How many has cancer impacted? And when they raise their hands, you'll be so surprised. You don't be surprised, but you realize how this disease has impacted so many people in so many different ways. And um, then the last one we did was just a fashion show to talk about how to be fashionable even as you're transitioning through these moments. And so my prayer and my hope is to get back out there and, and do it again, but now I'm at a different location. And, you know, the words say, I don't say the words say, but, you know, you often hear grow where you plant it. So I'm working on mm-hmm. growing where I'm, while I'm still keeping it going in, um, in other areas as well. Well, you tell me what. You tell me when you want to get that started or when you're going to do one, I would definitely come to support that because I, I believe in it so much is to speak the spoken word, uh, speaking word. And, and you know, I, I have a little prayer journal where I do a praise every morning. I just get up and try to teach myself to praise him about the good things. And even with I'm going through some bad times, I'm still going to lift my voice up and speak positive words, not negative, because I've learned to keep my mouth shut if I ain't got nothing. But my old folks used to say, if you ain't got nothing to say, don't say, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. So Absolutely. I, I just pray, <laughs> you know how those people used to tell you that, to do that. Yeah. Well, we're going to take another we're going to take another break and we'll be right back on the B-Hour Network. This is Marsha Thaddeus and I am your host. Can throw out all the 
You're back on the D Hour Network. I'm your host, Marcia Patterson. I just want to remind our listening audience, to all our listening audience, this program and radio show advice and all this information presented here is for the purpose of information and education only. It should not be construed as offering medical advice or diagnosis or treatment or any illness or injury condition or any prevention. Please talk with your licensed practitioner or your uh, doctor for proper diagnosis of any treatment. I just want to welcome back uh, Amarie. Amarie, um, your life speaking words with words, you know, like I said, I would, you let me know when you guys set something, I will be there because you mentioned the vision board, you mentioned the fashion show, but I think what is really important, what I'm learning is food. Um, yes. Learning how to eat food that's going to allow our body to heal, like Brenda Cobb, and I've had several different people on my show, um, food for our brains. You know, we had Tony Stephan on last year. I'm going to get him back, and he's the CEO of True Hope Vitamins. And Tony lives in Canada, and he has two, 10 children. His wife committed suicide from being bipolar, and the father-in-law also committed suicide. And he found on his search to help his own family, and this is what happened. You're on this journey because you, because of loved ones, you connected with people you've seen suffering and go through. You don't want to see other people go through that, especially when you have a heart and compassion for for people and the people you love. And he had ten children, and out of the ten, one was bipolar, one was schizophrenic, and one was manic depressive or something. And you can go back and listen to that blog talk and hear how he got his children back with all natural vitamin supplement for the brain. And okay. people on this journey and they're fighting they're fighting for their loved ones. They're standing up and making those choices to say, No, let us let us try this. And this is where I'm putting this information because a lot of time, as you said earlier on the show, when you get a 
prognosis or diagnosis, you're scared. You don't know where to turn. And fear grips you. It, it would have you so gripped that you don't move or do anything. So we want information out here, and this is what For Your Health is about. And my um, other business, Yesterday's Kitchen for Today, I tell people I am the grandma of yesterday, calling in the next generation to teach what our grandparents and great-grandparents taught their children, how to grow their food, how to be self-sufficient. My grandparents on my mom's side, my grandparents, my mom's family, it was eight, fifteen of them. They couldn't be taking those kids to the doctor. So my grandfather used to go out into the field and pick up the herbs and whatever he had to mix up and give the kids, you know, mm-hmm. and they got better. They weren't going to the doctor like we're doing now. And the same way with Dr. Lester L. Carter, he's written a book on natural herbs, and he still mixes compost the way it was back in the 1920s and 1930s. So he still has that knowledge and, you know, of old natural things. I don't want to die, and I don't want us to lose connection to that. So we bring people in to say, wait a minute, you know, my mom used to do it this way, or Grandpa gave me that. And, you know, many times when I do a workshop or we do some canning or do some fermenting or mix up some things, Someone always says, you know what, I remember my grandmother used to do that. Oh, I remember. So we yeah. want to pass these these skills down to the next generation. But I would, um, I don't know if you guys do it, but I would suggest putting some food on that, in that atmosphere at that luncheon to say, this is the healthy food, and this is what people are using. To, and the reason why we're doing it, um, actually, this month, May 18, I'll be at Sweetwater State Park. State, our state representative here has a fishing rodeo, teaching kids how to fish. Mm-hmm. And and that's another skill that our kids don't do. You know, that was one of, that was everybody leisure time back in the South, back in the old days, when fishing and their way of putting food on the table. And um, yep. so I'm going to be taking some fermented cabbage so they can taste this fermented cabbage, which is an all-natural probiotic that you can eat. It allows your body to do what the creator designed it to do, take care of itself. So right. um, I still want you to connect with me, and then when you guys have a luncheon, I would love to attend to support that because the power of words, as you said, is I know. I know because I've used my words and the said things, and sure enough, they came through, bad things as well as good things. So I'm going to speak the good things. Well, you know, information, when we become aware of it, and so many of us subconsciously do it without thinking about the impact of our words, you know, out of habit or just out of thinking, well, it's not important. But And, and that was one of the inspirations is just to bring more attention to what we're speaking over our life, over our situations, which really connects with your food. Just like you're saying, what are we putting in our bodies by the, what we eat? The same way we mm-hmm. have to think about what we are putting into our minds, by what we speak. And so I can Amen. very much see that your um, food connection will be a very good asset to um, being a part of the Speak Life. And I would definitely stay in contact with you. Um, we're looking oh, yeah. at hopefully putting together for all, but I would definitely, um, when I get some specific dates, I will get back with you and we'll definitely make that happen. Right, right. Now, I know looking at your website, you guys do other things. So kind of share with people, uh, my listening audience, 
The other things you guys do with the foundation with the children, because you do reach out to the kids and stuff like that. And that's me. I, you know, I love, I love kids. I love babies. And that's our next generation. We need to bring up another generation of young people that's mentally, emotionally, and spiritually together. Because our kids, you know, coming from some homes, they are, they're doing some things that's just not healthy. So we want them to have that space that they can connect with. And I know you guys are creating that space. So share with us a little bit about that. Well, we, um, again, our second part of our foundation mission was to prepare students for the next level. And with that being said, it was talking about um, encouraging the academics, which, of course, um, that's always important, but also helping them in preparation to moving through the next level, if that's by training them on the basketball court, by um, bringing in, um, when we used to do our camps, we brought in speakers who could talk to them about what is required as a student athlete, um, because a lot of times, you know, you, you play these sports, and some of them are privileged to go on to higher levels, or should I say blessed, and very few of them realize that um, even in, even in, um, Playing a sport, you don't necessarily have to make it to the next level, but there are so many other things that you can gain by just being a part of a team. And so we try to emphasize that, that, okay, maybe you can't be the next Michael Jordan. Maybe you will be. But in all of that, being a part of a team offers you a great opportunity to be a part of something bigger than yourself. It gives you a sense of community. It also gives you work ethics that you normally wouldn't do if you weren't a part of something um, that was organized. It helps you with organization skills. And then there's nothing wrong with free education. If you are blessed enough to have the talents that would afford you an opportunity to be scholarship to go to college, I'm sure most parents wouldn't complain about that. So part of our, our youth initiative is, you know, doing our sports camps, bringing that information in. Um, of course, we've been blessed because my son had, was, you know, is in the NBA, so he has experience. He knows other people who can come and speak to these youth about, you know, really it's a wonderful journey, but please be aware of how many get there. The number is not great. So as mm-hmm. one counselor asked my son, what are you going to do if NBA is busy that year? So you don't crush your dreams. <laughs> give them other ways of thinking. I mean, you know, there's other ways. I have a young lady here that I met, and I failed to realize the name of her program, but she is an officiator, a referee, so she's taken on doing camps for kids who are not making good choices. They're not interested in going to college. So she does camps teaching them how to be um, umpires, referees, and officials. Now, that is wow. awesome because, you know what, that's a part-time job. Parks and recs hire out, Correct. you know, Boys and mm-hmm. Girls Club hire out. So there's other ways for you to be involved with the sport if you love it than just being a player. Of course, that's your number one option if that's your forte and if that's your giftedness. But there's referees, there's officials, there's um, coaches, there's owners of teams, there's GMs. Mm -hmm. So so many facets of it that we try to let them know, although you're here at camp, just don't know this has to be the end of your dream if if your number doesn't get called. And, um, Mm -hmm. And then we took it to another level with the Boys and Girls Club. We were working in conjunction with them. In Lawrence, Kansas, they were raising funds to create a teen center. Now, this center was just designed to get the latchkey kids off the streets. 
giving them an opportunity to have a place to come, whether they play in sports, whether they can do culinary arts, um, whether they could do coding, just whatever opportunities was presented at the Boys and Girls Club. But it was specifically for the teenagers. So you had to be, well, their middle school starts sixth grade. So you had to be 13, I think it's 13 through 16 maybe. So we have been working with them um, in that project over the last three years, and I'm proud to say that they opened their doors this fall, last fall, last school year they were able to open their doors. And although, you know, like I said, we're not able to write the big checks, but the little things we do, whether it's word of mouth, just to say that you are, um, excuse me, it is inspirational for you to be part of something that's going to impact the lives of kids. And to get kids off the street after school, as we very well know, sixth, seventh, eighth grades or middle school years, which was I taught that for eight years, and they look for something to do. So why not? Right. Give them avenues right. to go exert all that energy and that wisdom that they have um, in a positive environment. So we just concluded that I, um, that last year. So um, so that, that that's another way of um, impacting youth off the court. And you know that is great. You know, as you were talking, it reminded me of a, a poem about uh, uh, starfish on the sea. The sea was full of starfish, and one man was picking them up and throwing them back, and the other guy says, someone says, wait a minute, that's too many. He said, it's not going to make a difference, and he said it made a difference to this one because he put it back where it's supposed to be, and, you know, and sometimes, yes, you don't have the big money to, to, to reach everybody, but the people you are reaching have a profound effect, and and a lot of these young people will remember who you are and what you've done for them and the, the words you have said. You'd be surprised, you know, because I taught school too, and I've met some kids, and they say, oh, I remember you, Miss Patterson. I remember right. you, you know, and, and, and they'll tell you some things like, you remember that? You know, so, you and that's another seed sowing, sowing some seeds. Right. And you never know how that's going to take root. So, you know, I just, I, I love it. I just love it. I love it. Right. I love it. But with. And it's really good when, when people in the community see that you are supporting the cause. It has a tendency to attract the ones who can help be instrumental in funding the event. And that's what happened. Um, Kobe Wilson is the um, executive director of the Boys and Girls Club in that location. And I don't think team centers are, if I understand correctly, I don't know if every Boys and Girls Club has that in conjunction with their facility. And if they don't, if you're in a community where you can inquire and see if it is one that does exist, um, you know, encourage kids to participate. But if there isn't one, maybe you can be instrumental in bringing it to the table to see what could possibly happen in, you know, various communities, especially the smaller communities where students have limited options of what to do after school. Right, right. And, you know, and I have a – with yesterday's kitchen for today, we have different workshops that I put together. One is on canning. One is on fermenting food. One is on teaching them how to bake with fresh grain, using it from uh, – the reason why this business is called Yesterday's Kitchen for Today because we want to teach the next generation what it looked like yesterday, 
how our grandparents put it together yesterday without electricity. My girls, they're definitely today's women, so they want all the electrical gadget that goes along with the bread making and the ice cream and the butter, the whole bit. But one of my favorite, two, I have two workshops that I really love, and one is food and behavior, showing mm-hmm. moms and that food has a profound effect on our kids, on the academics, yeah. even in criminal mindset, that we can get our children back. And that's what I learned from Tony Stephan, um, um, Barbara Reed Setter, who was a probation officer in Cleveland, Ohio in the 60s, who was having issue herself, and she said she was honoring. She said she couldn't stay focused. She said her brain was all over the place, and she found a book called Sugar in the Criminal Mindset, and that hmm. they knew that sugar has a profound effect on our kids' behavior, academic, and even their criminal mindset. And mm-hmm. with that, I've been going out to the communities. I go to police. I actually did a presentation for one of the police department here in Atlanta. And I went to those officers and I said, guess what? I need to do a presentation for you. And I'm going to do it for free because guess what? This battle you got going on with our community or our youth, you're sick too. It's not just them. You guys are sick. And I said, because you got a dirty little secret. You don't want no one to know. And they go, what is the secret? You can't remember nothing. And that's when I went in and did the presentation. And I'm letting them know that. And I truly believe, I'm, I'm so convinced that what we're seeing with our community and the officers and the school is diet. Our kids are eating food that is affecting their frontal lobe, which is their judgment, their emotions, their feelings. It takes that away. And I said, how many times you arrest a child? And they said, I don't know. Why did you do it? I don't know. They don't know. They don't know. And that's why I cringe when I watch the evening news. I watch our young kids getting in trouble. They're eating their own food. And food has a profound effect on so many of us. And we can see that coming from the White House because all he likes to eat is McDonald's. I'm like, (laughs) oh, Lord. Michelle planted a, a garden out there. Why don't he eat from that garden? Oh, my God. I think he just had some athletes there. And my daughter said, who want to go to the White House to eat McDonald's? Or eat, you can, I mean, really? Well, I had a choice. Oh, he's a Burger King. Huh? I said, I think he gave me three choices. I think he had McDonald's, <laughs> Wendy's, Burger King. So they had a little choice. <laughs> but none of them were healthy choices. I'm sure they didn't have salads. But... Um, back to what you were saying about your class, your workshop. Um, the teen center is connected to a, um, we used to call them career centers in Alaska where I used to live. And um, one of the programs that they do have is the culinary program, which offers, you know, gardening, some of the things that you were speaking about. And if that is offered through the different facilities, what a wealth of knowledge the kids would obtain because, you know, even I don't remember how to, you know, that's been one of the things, living in Alaska, we used to fish a lot. And um, one of the ways to preserve your fish for seasonal was to can it. And that was not, mm-hmm. or either, is it canning or is it um, jarring? Yeah, it's canning, canning, yeah. Okay. And a lot of people used to pack it. And then y'all used to, I've heard that, that some fishermen up there and the Alaskan people would take the fish and bury it with salt and stuff, so they're fermenting it in the ground. Have you heard of that? Oh, maybe in some of the villages I had 
that. We okay. No, we just vacuum sealed our. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do yes. that, but that's an interesting concept. But I'm just saying to expand the knowledge. You're right because so many of us who now are becoming grandmothers and stuff, we don't have the knowledge to pass on to our own grandkids about that information mm-hmm. that you have. That's a wealth of knowledge because with all the additives that's being added to the food and all the recalls because of E. coli or whatever, um, I think yeah. it was a good thing to to know how to do those things on your own. So right. lessons to right. share that information. Yeah, and then not only that, being able to, to have the kids to when they do a garden, anybody do a garden, you know, have heirloom seeds. You want you don't want genetically modified seeds. You don't want hybrid seeds, seeds that, that doesn't reproduce. You want seeds, so if you eat a fruit or vegetable from that, you should be able to take that seed and reproduce. That's what it tells us in Genesis one twelve. The seed supposed mm-hmm. to reproduce itself. And we're not, these seeds aren't not even designed to do that. So I'm planning to have the Rare Seed, seed Company back on, um, hopefully within a week or so, to talk about heirloom seeds and how we can save our seeds and important to have seeds because that's your food line. That's your food line, just reproduce food. I am so grateful for you being on the show. Now, is anything else you want to add to uh, share with our listening audience about your foundation, the other things you guys are doing or planning to do? Um, well, right now we have a golf tournament that's coming up July 29th, which is a Monday. It's going to be held at the Jayhawk Club, which is in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, you can find registration online at our website, MarioVChalmersFoundation.org. We are always interested in enhancing our participation. We've been blessed to have, um, as they call it, 144 golfers, but we are always open for sponsorship packages, um, people who may have things they want to have added into our gift bags that we give to our golfers. Um, and we can be contacted, or I can be contacted at... Um, MBCF, the number 15, at gmail.com. If anyone has any questions or any interest about um, anything that we discussed or said or any of our upcoming events. And um, we have other things that will be coming, but I just encourage people to check our website or follow us on Facebook or follow us at the um, Instagram or on Twitter. And you can follow Mario Chalmers or you can type in my name, and it comes up. You know how that works. Okay. Now, do you have any other? How many children do you have, Miss uh, uh, Marie? I have two. I have two adult kids, my son, and I have a daughter um, who lives in Maryland, and she is a account manager, and she works in lingerie and fashion industry. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So she's a, right. a, a different avenue, but just just as productive, you know, when it comes down to. Um, the Mario's Closet, it was very instrumental because she has a background training in in fitting, proper fittings. Um, once people wow. have their... Look how that connected. Wow, so, look how that connected. Yeah, so that's a good that connection. wonderful. Yes, yes. All right, we're going to so, take another break. and uh, We're okay. going to take another break, and we'll be right back. So this way, you can, uh, if you got more information, we can share that with the listening audience. All right. Okay. You guys want to be our network and Marsha Thaddison, and we'll be right back.
All right, you're back on the DL Network. I'm your host, Marsha Patterson, and my guest is Ms. Almarine Chalmers. Um, Ms. Chalmers, just kind of tell us uh, any information you want our listening audience to know about you guys, how to reach you. I know you just gave us some more about the um, the golf tournament in July. Now, I have a question. The gift bag, that means any company, anyone that want to donate something to go into that bag, they'll be able to do that with you guys? Yes, and we also receive any um, items they want to donate to be in our silent auction or live auction. Oh, okay, 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 cool. I can think about that. All right, and so you said usually about 144 golfers that attend? Yeah, which is about – Is that a lot? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're – we can go higher, but that's been our average, and so we're trying to break the average and go above average. So – if you're in the Kansas City area, are going to be in the Kansas City area, the Lawrence area, during that time, please sign up. It's a fun event um, at a wonderful golf course, newly renovated. Um, I think last year, two years ago, they newly renovated the whole course, so it's really exciting to get back on it for the golfers. They always you, excited to do that. You, and, you golf um, too? Do you, you and your husband golf? My husband does. I just hit the ball, and I drive the car. That's my favorite part. <laughs> but I, I was a little bit more into it, but I had a little back setback, so I'm still recovering from that. So the swinging doesn't do well for the the body right now. Gotcha. But it's always gotcha. good to ride gotcha. around and socialize and meet the different golfers and look at them, enjoy the game that they so much love. Um, so I'm also good. Um, just another plug for another project that we did. Um, my son and I produced a book, ABCs of Basketball, which came out in July of last summer. And we, um, I should say, he did several book signings in the local area and had anticipated doing more, but, of course, he got the call to go to Italy, which, you know, took precedence. So when he comes back, we'll be oh, hoping cool. and looking, to, um, looking for opportunities to come out and, do book signings and do talks on his journey with his book, which was a I'll tell you just a little bit because it's his story to tell. But it was actually a high school assignment, his junior year in high school, in his um, children's literature class, and they were given the assignment of writing a book that would be appealing to children. And um, I actually had the title, but I said, okay, you can use my title if you birth the content. He birthed the content. Got turned in, received a great grade on it, and the teacher wrote a comment, do something more with this when you can. So 14 years later, he was able to find a wonderful illustrator, Emmanuel Everett, who is located out of um, Oklahoma right now, but he was originally born in Alaska. Mario was born in Alaska. So it was that Alaska connection, which they don't really, they didn't know each other, but they met through this project. And then a Sin publishing company, which is located in Kansas City, published a book and um, has it available as well as Amazon.com and Target.com and BarnesandNoble.com. But it was a it was another project, and I tell parents, you know, you just never know what's going to come out of these little class assignments you do and the power behind supporting dreams. You know, we always encourage them to dream big, dream big, be big. And um, it's just a sense of accomplishment, and as I tell them, I said, okay, this is our final project together, which I don't know why I said that. But this one is a platform for you to, 
you know, have, it's a legacy builder to me. It's like something you can have and look back over many years from now and just say, hey, this is a project we work together, and it's, it's at the heart of what he does. ABC's of Basketball talks about the elementary components of basketball, which I've had a coach's wife said that it helps her a whole lot. She didn't really know anything about the game, so it's simple enough. Um, but it's a good read. It's a fun read, and um, just very proud of the accomplishments of getting it published and getting it out there. Wow, I'm gonna have to talk to you guys about because I have a book inside of me. I'm re- I've been playing around with it, but I need to get that baby. I've been pregnant with so many other dreams and stuff, but I'm I just I'm going to my grave empty. I'm not gonna have nothing inside me when I go. Get, and I get see it like, out. Yeah, I was holding you for it. That was my one, and I'll tell you. Just to get it out there, um, it's a sense of accomplishment. And what you do with it, of course, we wish all of them would be, you know, top sellers. But I think more so important than that is just a sense of accomplishment. And you don't know how you're going to bless mm-hmm. others when they that material that you put out there. So make sure you get it done. Right. You got a lot of knowledge based hey. on that food. Yeah. And that's what I'm So I would um, give people your website and your number where they can reach you. Um, just just put this information out there again so this way they can have it because it's important because I love what you guys are doing um, with the Mario Closet. Now, do uh, the things that are in the Mario Closet, um, is it donated or these are products like a regular store where you pick it up retail and then um, wholesale and retail it into the, in that uh, location? Um, as far as the items that are inside of the store? Right. Yeah. Yeah, they are local are they vendors um, who bring their things in, and it is for purchase, but the the money may go back into the closet. It, it's not resourced out. So say, for instance, if it's a commission item, then you will get what you get, but the rest of it goes stays within the Mario's Closet um, financial bank, which helps it runs itself. Um, the prosthesis fitting and the hair removal um, is usually done on as-need basis, and if the client cannot, or the patient, should I say, cannot afford treatment, one of Lawrence's Memorial's Hospital things is not to turn away a person because of that. So they make sure that you need. I want to I want to explain something to me. Usually when I see when people who have no hair that have, um, are doing chemo or whatever, I thought they they just shave their hair off themselves. Uh, usually people do that at home or hair removal. Or Am I right you know, or do you guys? So what we found is there may be those who can do that, but losing mm-hmm. your hair is a very emotional part of the journey. And Okay. We provide a private facility who, um, which provides them opportunity to come in there, go into this area that's private where it can't be seen with the stylist who has had the experience of working with those patients who can talk them through the journey. Because, um, you know, just imagine having a full head of hair and all of a sudden you touch it and right. you're pulling out hands full of it. You know, one thing I remember about Pauline yeah. is she went to the what we everybody use now is a little short cut, but... It was a process, and it depends on where you are at on that journey as to how it mm-hmm. impacts you emotionally it is. So it can be a big emotional thing, and this is that you don't have to sit there and do it yourself. You don't have to do it in front of your family. 
Um, you don't have to do it in right. front of your kids if that's your choice. If that is right. your choice and right. you have other places that you can come and have this done and um, have a conversation when you're doing it and have the support and even do the tears and stuff with you know in the privacy of your own little area. Oh, yeah. That's and to me, that's just a warm mm-hmm. option to have. You know, is optional. If you're that brave person who can just shave, go for it. But if you're not, then we provide you with the services that would afford you to have it done anyway. And I see there's wigs in there, so that way someone's helping you to if you want to wear a wig. Because I see a lot of women that don't even wear right. wigs. They just say, you know what, this is where I'm at. This is my journey. Right. Uh, I'm just going to take it There's so many it. people who are choosing to do short hair anyway, a baldness now. It's a style. Um, and mm-hmm. we also have scarves in there so you can try on different scarves and get fitted for, you know. So whatever your preference is, we just try to provide it because everybody's different, you know. Right, 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 right. Hakeem, I am truly, truly grateful um, for you being on the show. I'm truly grateful for what you guys are doing. Um, you know, it, it, God never amazes me how he just used one little thought, kind thought, um, gesture that he's had for one person that can bless other people. I used to be a volunteer with Make-A-Wish out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, when they opened up a Make-A-Wish chapter, um, I was working for this company called the Love Check Printing Company, and one of the, like, my coworkers was helping set up the chapter that they was going to open up. So at the time, I was real good in baking, uh, did my little pound cakes and everything like that because it started off very small, but it didn't stay there long. Then it started going to country clubs and big corporations started donating to Make-A-Wish, and um, they were having a trouble finding enough volunteers to go into the inner city to help the children who were um, battling cancer. And I said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. I signed up, did the training. I did that for over 10 years until I left Wisconsin, and I loved it. And out Mm -hmm. of all the years I did that would make a wish, all those children, I think I only lost two of them, having that wish and that desire to live or to get them to their uh, destination. Many of them was Disney World. So with a wish grant, I was considered a wish grantor as a trainer, and um, we would go into the home, meet with the family, find out what the child's wish is, making sure the wish was the child. It wasn't being coerced by anybody. And if they needed a wheelchair, oxygen thing, whatever they needed, we made sure they had that to get them to their journey. And I can truly say out of all the years I did that, the money, the, the heart of what those people do would make a wish, they truly was behind that. And the story was a little boy wanted to be a police officer, and um, the mom went to the, um, I can't remember the name of the little family, went to a one station and said, my son is dying of cancer, and he want to be a police officer. And they they started that. So her and the officer, and the people saw that, wait a minute, my child is sick. So one little kind gesture, you'd be surprised how it can grow into helping so many other people. So yes. as I say, I applaud what you guys are doing because, like I said, those little kids uh, with cancer and watching them suffer and and still smiling and just trying to get to meet their favorite star or get to Disney World, you know, that's it. Yes. it yes. And, and it's, it's amazing. And that's that sense of hope. 
just like you talk about the seeds uh, speak life of, you know, that was the life. We spoke to them. You're going to go here. This is going to happen. And it just, mm-hmm. it just, it gives, it gives that motivation to stay, to stay alive, to keep moving. Yes. Yes. You know, and there's another gentleman in Kansas, um, Brian Haney, who does the, his focus of his foundation is for the young people. And it's so interesting that, we 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 geared it towards the and because of Pauline, but there is so many and so much to be done for the young people who are going through this battle. Um, I actually have a friend who just lost her daughter to a cancer battle. Her her granddaughter, really. And um, oh, you're right. It is a whole lot that you can um, offer them, and every little bit counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I've seen people. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you for um, my friends that may be listening, how do they get in contact with you as far as, um, and I asked, I shared this with you because I have a friend who is, um, has a friend who is going through a battle with, with cancer right now. And she just said that she has gone through her radiation and I don't know the whole story. So I wanted to encourage her to maybe connect with you to talk a little bit about sure. the importance of healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love to. Yes, ma'am. yes, ma'am. I would love to, because I've met so many people who've gotten diagnosis and they're still here. And when they made those choices and said, "You know what? Let me try this," uh, and I can put her into different uh, workshops or information that's out there because it's out there. But like, I, like I tell people, a lot of time if you don't know. You, then you're sitting in this room all alone, and so we don't want you to be alone. We want you to know there's hope. There's uh, that God has has a ram in the bush for you. There's a ram in the bush for many of us. So we just want to be, direct you to that ram in the bush. But anyone's interested in uh, contacting me, you can call me at seven seven zero seven three two six one two four or four zero four six four five three seven seven eight is my cell. My email address is info at yesterday's kitchen for today. That's the number four today. Or you can reach me through for your help. Um, always go on the blog talk. My email is, uh, I have two emails, for your help. For your help at gmail.com. That's for number four, your help, W at gmail.com. So there's various ways you can reach me. I do have a website, uh, which I'm currently have under construction, but you can still see what some of the things I'm doing, and that is yesterday's, with an S, kitchen, the number four, today.com. Like I said, my mission is to show us that we can have so many, we can have a better life with our health. And I'm not vegetarian, not vegan, but I do bring in these people that are vegetarian and vegan because guess what? If you broke your leg, there's no way you're going to get up and jump around and move around. You have to allow that leg to be in position to heal. That's how you treat it and how you take care of it. We, when your body is in a crisis, you're going to have to feed it live food, and that's fruits and vegetables, vitamins and nutrients. And I tell people all the time, when God created us, he created us from the earth, and the earth has minerals. We're now eating food that no longer contains those minerals. We don't drink water that contains minerals because our water's not running through the banks and the rivers and the creeks no more. 
So we have to put those minerals back into our body so our body can do what the creator designed it to do. Right. And, right. and it's not hard because, trust me, Marshall don't do nothing hard. But it's, it's a mindset, making up your mind to say, you know what, I'm going to have victory over this. And then I want to show you what I've learned from other people who've been on my show who've got uh-huh. the victory of overcoming uh-huh. by food. Adam and Eve got kicked out the garden because of what they ate. We're yeah. not getting kicked out of our body because of what we're eating. Right. Yeah. We have much competition now with the fast food and the, you know, all the other yeah. options we have mm-hmm. for fast food and for quickness, and um, we have a tendency to steer towards that. So it's real right. powerful what you're saying right. in regards to our food selection and our food choices. And um, right. I'm excited about just the the canning and the you were talking about all the things that you teach at your workshops. For yeah. It's a and wonderful yeah. opportunity for us, as I'll call us modern grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> be one of information for us to acquire so we can pass it on and maybe get back to some of the basics. And, and you know, one thing I've mean, I've had a couple of farmers on my show um, that's trying to encourage our kids to go back to owning the land, getting back on the land. You see what's – and my thing is – and then I've had some preppers on my show who's saying, wait a minute, I truly believe our economy is not going to survive. This is what we need to do to make sure we can survive and feed our family. So I've met many preppers over the years that's taught me how to get through hard times, how to store food, how to stay warm. We can store grain just like Joseph stored the grain. Those skills are still alive and well. So I want to be able to show families how they can store grain and be able to feed their families for days and days and days. Well, I look forward to giving you an opportunity to share that with ladies. I really do. Yes, 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 because Marcia and I have connected, and because uh, I've met her many times at some of the, uh, the Black Farmers Conference, because my goal with them is to make sure they have their own seeds. Don't buy hybrid seeds or genetically modified seeds. Own your own seeds, and that's so important for us, for the next generation. You see what's happening in Venezuela. We see what's happening with the Mexicans. Um, uh, people are hungry. Even just in the United States, you got working poor people who are just making enough to pay the rent and, you know, they can't afford their medicine and they can't afford to buy food. Food is designed to be your medicine. So we want to be able to show what that looks like and how it's done. Right. Yeah. Well, you have inspired me to be more conscious about that and set up some opportunities for us to um, put you in front of an audience where you can give them more knowledge about this. And I really yeah, appreciate the time to come and on your show to share about our foundation. When you guys got to come back, you have to come back, um, you know, and update us on what you're doing and the progress, and bring in some of the women from the Mario Closet and um, some of the foundation because giving us a voice to say this is what's happening to me and this is how it helped help me, so we can help other people. That's the main thing. That's the main thing, and I'll work on that. I will definitely make that happen. Ah, I'm excited. I'm grateful. I'm so excited. All right, just want to remind our listening audience, you're on the D-Hour Network. This is Marcia Patterson. We're going to take another break. We'll be right back.
All right, you're back on the D-Hour Network, and I'm your host, Marsha Patterson, and my guest is Ms. Almarie. Ms. Almarie, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show with me and taking out time on your Sunday, because you had a busy day today, because you you've been out and about pretty much. Yeah, it was a busy day, I, mean, I guess. Um, yeah, it was a busy day, but it was a pleasure to um, sit and chat with you and share good information and learn some new things and to make connections. It's always a pleasure. Yes, and I'm 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 serious about making that connection with you guys on on the Speak for Life and even the uh, the I'm thinking about the golf thing, how I can um, participate in that and putting some in packages in that um, bag for those guys. So I'm gonna work on trying to see how about doing that because to me, learning um, what I'm learning about health, nutrition, and some of the things, God has been so good to me that a lot of the companies that I uh, want to sell their products, I go to them, and I know some of these companies can't make claims on what they can do, but right. I can tell you what these products have done for me and what it, how it's beneficial. So one of the companies I, uh, I sell their product is called Willard Water, and I said, look, I'm getting ready to do a presentation to the fire department. I know what this stuff can do for your body and your skin and preventing burns, uh, healing your body. And they said, we can't say it, but here, they sent me cases of this stuff mm-hmm. to give out to firefighters and policemen. And I'm walking up to firefighters and policemen on the street here in Atlanta, and I did a presentation to a couple of them. I said, here, you guys. This is what this can do. Now, you can go to YouTube and watch the 60-minute video from 60 Minutes investigated this company back in the 19, early 1990s or whatever, and they couldn't find nothing wrong with the product. But the government, the FDA, said you can't make these claims. So I have mm-hmm. a lot of products that I know that I'm bringing when I do these workshops and catalogs and stuff like that. I can tell you what it's done because I've used it. I know what it's done. So I'm educating the next generation of people why you want these products and why you want to use them. So that's that's important. And a lot of us don't know. And I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works. It works. And um, I just want to be able to, to have that voice to here, try this, do this. And let people know. And the officers, the police officers, the firemen, they all, everyone, I, no one ever refused to take anything. And they all look at me and say, one of them, I said, this helps with your joints and your bones and your back from hurting and stuff. And I saw a firefighter in the grocery store, and I said, hey, man, I got something for you in the car. Let me get this to you. So by the time I finish explaining what it's for, what he's doing, he said, I'm aching right now. He said, thank you so much. And that's what it's about, us sharing and giving people information that's going to help us be free. Right, so I right. applaud what you guys are doing, and we're we, we, we going to be connected. I'm, 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 I'm excited about what you guys are doing. I am excited as well. And I, um, like I say, I can see us making an impact at a luncheon, filling ladies with lots of information that will help them propel themselves into a healthier future. Amen. Yes. And not only that, it's mom, you know, we kids learn from their mom. You know, back in the day, you know, I forget, mama, how did you make this? How did you do this? So we as mom, and I truly believe that's why Satan went to Adam, um, Eve, because we we the source of food 
for our kids internally as well as externally because what we eat affects the baby that's inside our womb, but it also affects the child how we prepare food outside the womb. So it's, it's powerful for us moms to know this information and to pass it on to the next generation. Right. And to put it into action as they're growing. You know, a lot of moms are making their own baby food, and and um, that information would be very instrumental in just knowing how to put that, you know, combination together. And oh, yeah. As well. and, 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 girl, and I have a class called Labor Love. That's my showing moms how to make your own baby formula, baby food, the whole bit. We got it. And, and one thing I've learned from one of my guests, Natasha Campbell McBride, she was on um, last year, and I'm going to get her back on again, and she's out the U.K., and her son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. He's mm-hmm. now in his 20-something, no longer autistic, and so she's put together a, a, um, a diet called the GAP diet. And children mm-hmm. who are ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenic, and autistic, once they got on this diet, and it's a window for the autistic children, they are no longer autistic. They've been set free. Wow. That's information to be shared. Yes, yes. Because now I think it's a big population of our boys being born, I mean not born, uh, being diagnosed with autism uh, for African-American young men. So we we can do a better job in getting our babies back. It's our job as moms and fam, daddies and grandmas to say, uh-uh, we're getting our babies back. Right. And I remember my grandmother lived to be 105, and she used to say when she got up in the morning, as a little girl, I used to remember her saying, Lord, thank you for waking me up in my right mind. And mm-hmm. now I know what that means. I now know what that means because so many people are on antidepressant medication, they're depressed. Mental illness is real, and we can get our kids back even with diet from that. So food is powerful. So and yeah, that's why at you know, yeah and the first the first temptation Satan did to Jesus was some offering him some bread to turn some bread into stone because he knew he was hungry so but right. you know we we can we can we can we can get it back so I want to thank you for being on our show um, for those of my guests um, being here with me tonight I'm I'm just grateful I'm just truly truly grateful for what you guys are doing and for you sharing this on our show tonight. But I want to remind our listening audience, again, all the information here presented here for the purpose of information and education only. It should not be construed as offering medical advice or diagnosis or treatment for any illness, injury, or condition, or prevention of any health problems. The viewer or the listening audience should consult with their licensed physician or their health care practitioner for proper diagnosis or treatment. All right, I want to thank you for being on our show. We're going to take another break.
All right. You're back on the D-Hour Network. All right, Miss Mario, I just want to thank you. We're about the end of our show, and I just appreciate you. Um, I tell you what, let me give you a call sometime next week, and we can make some connection about uh, making some things happen together. Okay. That'd be great. All right. So, again, one more time, give everybody the information again, again. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the name is Almarie Chalmers, and I can be reached at M V. CF, the number 15, at gmail.com. You can visit our website at www.mariovchalmersfoundation.org. And also, we are on um, Instagram. My label is Almarie Speaks. I think he is M. Chalmers 6. And of course, the foundation is MVCF. And I think we are also on Facebook with the same names as well as on Twitter. So there's a lot of places that you can check out what we're doing um, from day to day. And, of course, you can go to the Long Area Hospital um, website, and they have a link that will connect you to the Mario Closet. That is so important, yes. I I believe I think people need to connect with that. I think that is I just love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for taking out your time on your Sunday. And I know it's been a busy Sunday, but I thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Marsha. I really appreciate it and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I did too. I really did. I learned something and um when your son get back to the United States, make sure we we connect again. I will. I have him come on and tell you the story and how it came to be. Amen. Perfect. Amen. I love that. I love that. And I love that because I think your little thing was Ask God. Is that what your little, was that your little title, Ask God? Yes, yes. Um, Often you'll find that somewhere in my conversation is like, you can ask me, but you'd be better off asking him. I, girl, all right. Especially if you want yep. the real, real deal. Yes, ma'am. I understand that. Yes. All right. I love that. A woman of God. All right, everyone. I thank you for being on this show. you on the D Hour Network. And we'll be, I'm going to do one more commercial and we're going to be out. One more song and we're going to be out.
Network. I want to wish everyone a healthy, safe week coming up. I just want to remind you, next Sunday I'll have Marsha Dixon on, and we're going to be having a Mother Day conversation about the health 
benefit of moms and the benefits moms can do for their babies. Uh, also, remind you, I'll be at Sweetwater State Park May 18, and that's a fishing rodeo. State Representative Roger Bruce will be sponsoring that. There's free food. There's free fishing rods for the kids. I'll be out there with some fermented cabbage. It tastes great on hot dogs or brats. So we're going to be out there serving that and giving you information on fermented food. And that is in Lithia Springs, Georgia, at Sweetwater State Park. So I wish everyone a safe, beautiful uh, week and enjoy with families and friends. And Ms. Almarie, thank you so much for being on our show. This is the end of the show. Thank you so much. Thank you.